live from last week. It's the dudes from Alteria. Hey everybody, welcome to the dudes podcast. This is our first uh, first foray into this kind of a thing. So uh, we'll do a quick intro of everybody. I'm J Row. I'm apparently the uh, opener and the talent. So uh, over to the north of me is DJ, our awesome guy of some kind. Yay, I'm DJ. I'm an awesome guy of some kind. Uh, to the south of me is uh, Raven. He's the quiet one. Does that mean I don't have to say anything? What's up, guys? <laughs> and somewhere to the east of me in the deep undergrounds of the frozen tundra of Maryland, we have Scotty. Yeah, it's pretty cold and bitter out here. No, that's because never mind. That's what she said. I don't know. Anyway, so anyway, so this is our first podcast, our first run. We're going to have some fun. We got a few uh, few items to touch on. Um, the uh, first, we're going to talk about some Imagine Dragons, some video games, Wolfenstein, definitely a few movie trailers. Um, apparently, we got some Godzilla talk also. And then the big, the big thing of this... Uh, podcast is uh endgame we all just finished watching it and give you our thoughts on it so this episode will have spoilers in it at some point we will warn you when they are there so if you haven't seen it you can turn it off at that point lead us into imagine dragons come on okay all right so basically (laughs) something that's really been itching on me is uh is uh lately i've been seeing a lot of stuff where every article that has anything to do with imagine dragons you read about two sentences in and they talk about, I mean, they're a horrible band anyway, and just, just generally bagging on them. And I have not been able to figure out why is it be, I've, I've come down to really two conclusions. And that is that they either when they did their little show out here, I think it was back in August for the LGBT community, they apparently did not include transgender bathrooms and that made the transgender people pissed off. And in that somebody even did an interview with the lead singer of neon trees, who was also from Utah and he is gay as I'm sure some people know, but I don't know. Anyway, he decided to throw some disparaging words towards imagine dragons and Dan Reynolds. And he has since retracted that, but I don't know. The second theory I have is the fact that they came from a little Mormon university and are worth millions of dollars now, and they did it within less than a decade, and that seems to rub a lot of people the wrong way. So, I'm not sure which one it is. What do you guys think? I'm not sure. Honestly, I haven't heard anything about it, so this is all uh, news to me. Um, Sounds sounds pretty interesting, though. (laughs) So, I actually found out about like started seeing this several months ago and it started appearing in some YouTube videos I was watching where they were like, Oh yeah, imagine dragons, they suck. And I, they start talking about them like the same way that people just out of nowhere started talking about how Nickelback sucked. And I think it's pretty much the same thing where all of their music kind of sounds exactly the same. And I think that's where they're coming from is like, Oh, their music's not evolving. So they suck. But then on the flip side, you have bands like Linkin Park where their music evolves in every album and they suck because they don't sound anything like they did 10 years ago. Well, see, and that assessment, I actually kind of have to completely disagree with because every album I have heard from 
Imagine Dragons, and I have almost all of them. Uh, they sound completely different. There are whole albums. I'm like, you know what? I don't even like this because it doesn't sound right to me. But you know, obviously, I don't think they suck simply because of the reality that, you know, they, again, are worth a lot of money because they perform well and they're awesome performers. Yeah, I've I've only listened to a couple songs by Imagine Dragons and the ones that I've heard, I don't have an issue with. Yeah, I've everything I've heard from them for the most part I like. I th- I think what it is it's it's the people who are like grasping onto their popular songs cuz all of their popular songs sound really similar and I think that's what it is. They're grabbing onto the popular song and saying, "Oh, this song sucks because it sounds like every other song they're producing." See, and that and that's the issue. Maybe I'm not hearing it. I don't know because I I am very admittedly an A-list or an A-side type of person. I Largely don't care about deep tracks, deep cuts, B sides, or whatever. Pretty much of any band. So it just it, it just was really confounding to me how or why people started just bagging on them so bad. And you know, I started noticing it back uh, late last year, and that's kind of why I'm thinking it's it's one of those two things. But one of their newest songs that I actually really like, it's one of my favorite favorite songs called "Bullet in a Gun." He actually addresses the whole situation of a sellout in the last verse. And I just kind of think that what it was is people started doing this and he ended up writing a song about it. And that's the whole album seems to go that way. But overall, when you listen to their songs, they're largely very positive songs. A lot of, you know, overcoming, you know, people telling you, Oh, you can't do that. That's impossible. And them overcoming that. Yeah, they definitely have like really good music. And in the sellout part of it, I can see it because I saw it with Green Day 15 years ago where everybody was like, oh, Green Day sellouts, they suck. But that was before Nickelback had come along. And Nickelback is kind of what ushered in the whole, oh, you can make millions and millions and millions of dollars and be the world's crappiest band mentality. So I might Nickelback doesn't even suck. Like I listened to Nickelback and I'm like, hey. These guys don't suck. They're really good. They just not my style for the most part. And and then you got like Raven who heard the exact same album six months straight day in, day out, like some sort of psychological torture. Yeah, it, it (laughs) sucks. That sounds horrible. (laughs) Yeah, it does. And and I've never been on the, the Nickelback sucks uh, train unless it's just to really joke about it because it's really fun to say that, but there's a surprising amount of people out there where like you say, ah, Nickelback sucks anyway. And they're like, Hey, I really like Nickelback, but it's, it's kind of like a, uh, almost a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for a taboo thing to like them. And the thing is, is that, yeah, their songs kind of sound the same. They've done a couple, you know, I, I think they've done some good songs. I like, I like quite a few of them. I don't run out to listen to them or anything like that, but when they come on, if I'm in the mood, I'll listen to them. I don't think they necessarily suck. And in, as far as I'm concerned, as far as I know, in this world, we judge people's success, you know, success based on their success. And you can't be worth millions of dollars and suck at the same time. True. I think with both Nickelback and Imagine Dragons at this point, I think it's more of a meme to hate them than it is I, to actually they're actually bad. Yeah, that that's that's the only thing I get. And, and, you know, full disclosure, I actually I mean, when when they first came out, I enjoyed their songs again, largely their a sides, their their releases on the radio. Uh, I never really actually got into them until about a year and a half, two years ago uh, when Anthony like 
just started listening to him and he loved them. And I was like, Oh yeah, I remember them. And I started going through and listening again. I was like, these guys are, these guys are awesome. I don't, you know, so then I just got confused as to why they suck all of a sudden. So, yeah, I don't like turn off the radio whenever like Nickelback comes on or anything, but if I had a choice, I wouldn't listen to them. Imagine dragons. I don't go out of my way to listen to them, but if it comes on, I I listen to it and it's great. DJ there, do do we have any, um, you know, like contact information for anybody who wants to uh, try to send us uh, some kind of message or whatever to, uh, to tell us what they think or why they think something's like this, or just to tell us that we straight up suck. Uh, Anything like that. You would think we would, but I don't have it in front of me because I am not that good at this yet. But I think that our listeners should contact us on Facebook and find us there as dudes from Altaria. Maybe some of them know why Imagine Dragons apparently sucks. And I think we don't have anything else to add to this. So maybe we should move on to uh, talking about Wolfenstein. All righty. Well, hopefully we'll get to the bottom of that at some point. So. Yeah, Wolfenstein, up next, I know nothing about this current or upcoming game, so enjoy. It looks pretty awesome. I just watched the the trailer today for it, and it leads in with a male voiceover, and it by the end, it seems like the male voiceover is a father instructing children, and at the end, it's... Uh, a girl telling her sister, all right, it's just like dad told us. We got to, we got to work through this. What's this new one called? Is it young blood? Young blood. Yeah. So for listeners that are not aware, uh, Wolfenstein has basically grew into, uh, what would happen if the Nazis won the war? Um, and it definitely starts out with BJ Blaskowitz and his, basically his story on how he got to his point that he is now. Um, but uh, in this new one that they're coming out with Youngblood, you're following the children of BJ Blaskowitz, uh, Jess and Sophie, or Soph. Uh, anyway, uh, it's placed in Paris. So it's it looks pretty. Paris. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be pretty awesome. I haven't had a chance to look too much into it. I'm actually kind of interested in the VR game that's coming out to complement it. Oh, Cyberpilot. Um, I, yeah, I saw that one. And I was like, oh, that sounds like really cool. I'm not really a fan of FPSs, as you guys know, and now our fans know, and I'm probably going to get hate for it. But you already get hate for it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I do get hate for it, but I'm going to get hate from fans. They're going to be like, oh, DJ hates FPSs. How dare he? But the VR, I think I'm the only one of us who has a VR. And it definitely needs more gaming experience on there and it can go do some cool stuff, I think. So I'm kind of looking forward to that, but I'm also looking forward to playing Youngblood with you guys and seeing how that yeah, turns the co-op out that they're adding to it is actually a really good move um, because that's one of the things that uh, fans have asked about you know you know it'd be cool if i could bring my friends along and you know kick some nazis asses or something like that you know so i'm actually really excited to see how that pans out and how it works having that secondary person um because you know like in the early days of like half-life 2 you know you have i don't remember her name off the top of my head right now but she's the one that kind of goes with you and part of the levels in half-life 2 Alex, Alex Vance. Vance, that's right. 
So I'm wondering if it's going to be like the same thing, like if you have to play the game solo, or you definitely want to have, you want to take advantage of co-op and play with friends. But, um, but I'm wondering, like on the single player so, side of things, like if, if you know your sister is going to be as useful going through the game solo. So are are they doing kind of? I don't. Did either did anybody here play Dead Space Three? I have not. I watched somebody. I played part of Dead Space 1. I think I own Dead Space 3, but I haven't played it yet. Yeah. Dead Space 3, they what they uh what they did was that they a lot of fans apparently got upset at it too because they it's supposed to be, you know, this whole scary thing you go through on a solo. Well, with the first two Dead Spaces you are solo throughout the whole thing, but on the third one they give you the option where you are with someone his name's John Carver the whole time. Uh, and if you're playing solo, the only person you can play is now I can't remember the name of the character you're playing. Um, anyway, you know, the main character. And then the, if you do a co-op, you actually get to go back through the entire game, um, on a co-op setting. And one of you plays, uh, the main character and the other one plays Carver and you have two kind of different things that happen to you throughout the entire uh, throughout the entire game, and it's it's actually kind of interesting. So they might be going that direction with it, but probably a little bit more advanced because it was kind of a new thought process for that uh, that game. So maybe that's what they're working on on that is just to go through so you can do solo, but you also can do a co-op and just have different experiences happen to you. I I thought it was really fun uh, when I play. I played it. Me and Anthony played it, and it's definitely a very different experience playing it with someone than playing it alone. So uh, it's it's different enough that I found both both doing both ways was pretty enjoyable. So what are these toy soldier things? <laughs> yeah, that thing. <laughs> well, with uh, the backing of. Uh machine gun or machine games and i believe uh oh, who's the other studio that's working on that machine games and arcane studios um with those two working together i think uh it'll definitely definitely pull through on wolfenstein and we'll definitely get a great game so i'm i'm really excited to play or at least that's what i'm looking for at the oh. end of this year anyway <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, uh, hopefully Bethesda isn't you know doesn't completely destroy this this wonderful gaming franchise like they have done with a few of the other ones that we grew up with, like Doom and how Doom should have had a co op mode and it didn't have a co op mode and so I returned two copies of it because of that. Yeah, 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 kind of like that. Yeah, that was kind of my bad because I didn't do enough research to make sure it had co-op, but I did minimal research and I found people saying there was a co-op mode and then it turned out to be total bulls. I'm looking forward to Wolfenstein, especially co-op. I'm looking forward to playing some other games here in the near future. It just dawned on me as to why it is DJ does not like first person shooters. There hasn't been like a good game engine for a long time like i don't know for some reason y'all were hating on half-life a little bit ago what two weeks ago or something like that i think the half-life story is an awesome story and the way that was supposed to integrate with uh the portal series was even better but i don't know why valve 
decided to scrap the project. Um, but in any case, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, gameplay wasn't as good because there were many times where something as simple as aiming down sights would have been really nice to have. But um, the store, but I played Half Life is one of my favorite games just simply because of the storyline. Yeah, I never played the storyline on Half Life. It was all multiplayer when I when I was playing it. Oh yeah, that's not a very good experience. The reason I don't like first person shooters is for a long time the engine, like you said, wasn't good, and it was every first person shooter that was coming out was using the exact same core engine. Yeah, they were changing things about the graphics part of the engine or the sound part of the engine or doing some other tweaks here and there. But at the core, it was the exact same engine that they just kept overhauling over and over and over again. So the exact same exploit hack utilities would work with it, maybe with a little tweaks needed. But every time within hours, new hacks would be out there for it so that people could insta-kill. They became too focused on multiplayer deathmatches. And I got a bad taste in my mouth with multiplayer deathmatches growing up with a certain uh, J-Ro murdering me repeatedly at doom. <laughs> yeah, I used to be pretty good at FPSs. I'm not anywhere near as good anymore, but I will say one of the things that got me back into FPSs was actually Titanfall. Um even though the first one was purely multiplayer, the second one came out and I really enjoyed the storyline on that again, but even though it used I believe it's the it's the same engine that's used in Half-Life 2. The Havoc but, engine or um, the Source engine? Yeah, I think it was the Source engine. Um, but anyway, the reason why I really liked it was because, yeah, sure, same engine, but they added, you know, certain abilities like being able to run, you know, jump slide and the extra gameplay stuff they were, that they added to it was pretty cool. Uh, the double jumping, some wall running and stuff. Now, I know there were games that came out before that uh, that had a bit of that, but uh that was one of the things coming back into first person shooters. And I will be completely honest. I am not a huge fan of any multiplayer as far as uh, battlefield goes, except back when bad company two came out, I really liked bad company two, but after that, it all just kind of kind of went to hell anyway. I did have a lot of fun playing Titanfall two with you and your son, even though your son made me look bad because he was um, a monster is a monster at that game. Dude, I can't even say we could pit him up against a team of six. Like all four of us could play against him and he would beat the tar out of every single one of us. Yeah, especially since I've never played it. He's a monster at first person shooters. I've sat and watched him and yeah, like there was one where he called me into the office during one of our parties so he could show off like a 27 kill streak. I was like, (laughs) what? Oh man, he he puts people to shame that really should not be put to shame, and it's it's pretty funny because I I've sat there and read the comments that people say, and they are calling him a cheater, they're calling him everything under the sun, and he's just laughing. Yeah, the only game that I really played that was first person shooter um, that I got into really competitively because uh, I did really well was in uh, Call of Duty World at War. Um, I felt like that that one was like a really, really fun uh, first-person shooter. Uh, the Call of Duty series have kind of gone downhill since then. I definitely liked Advanced Warfare. A lot of people dogged on it, but honestly, I thought that was amazing. <laughs> I I did like... Uh, I, I like, Oh, shoot, what was it? No, I never actually played much of any Call of Duty multiplayer, and I think about it, but I did hear that uh, the latest one, was it World War 
Ghosts, whatever it is about World War II. I've heard that one. They actually did make some improvements, but I've not played it, so I have That's no idea. That's the one that I actually returned because of the mini games in it. In order to kill your opponent, you have or you're faced with a mini game. Um, it's definitely catering to console players where they're able to do these little key combinations or mouse movements, or not mouse movements, but joystick movements in order to earn a special kill or whatever. But when it comes to the PC side of things, it's like, um, we don't need this, but thanks for trying. Uh, yeah, that is that is definitely, without a doubt, one of the things that has made me really mad about a lot of games, especially first-person shooters, is that they started catering to the console players. And the reason why is because they don't have to put as much effort into developing a decent graphic system or key bindings or anything of that nature just to make people, you know, all they got to do is just say, slap an EA sticker on it and they'll buy it. EA. Speaking of EA, they release garbage. Star Wars games. Garbage. EA, EA releases Star Wars games, and we have to talk about trailers like the Star Wars trailer. All right, was that your your yeah, segue that was a into talking transition. to trailers? Or? <laughs> because we're hitting like like we're hitting a good time right now to transition away from games. We've stopped talking about Wolfenstein and started just like tangenting off. So let's tangent into trailers about movies. Man, you are right on, just keeping us on timeline. All right, Star Wars. Um, after that, after we watched that trailer today, I leaned over to Tamara and I said, every time I see this damn trailer, I have mixed emotions of anger and confusion. Yeah, because what the hell's going on? I mean, are I they dead? Are they really dead? Who's coming back? Who's rising? What's going on? Which I'm sure is what's supposed to happen. But I actually, at this point, because I've been so jaded by the first uh, by episodes one through three and the most recent two in the saga series, not the independence, but the saga series that uh, I just have a bad taste, taste in my mouth. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then they throw in uh, the emperor's cackle at the very end. You're like, what? Yeah, for me, I was like, what's this? Yeah. He's been, he's been gone for a while. Yeah. Leave the emperor dead. There's no reason to bring him back. Just let him die. Well, there's no reason to kill Luke and keep Leia alive either but for some reason they did it there was no reason to kill akbar but that's a completely different movie we're talking about the last skywalker and the trailer where ray does that cool backflip that was like my favorite second favorite part of the trailer my favorite part was when lando was laughing in the cockpit of the falcon i was just happy to see that chewy has well, a you gotta remember that he said he would get his ship back remember that's what he's cackling at chuckling at I got it back, I told guys. You. He got his ship. Chewie got a friend. I'm happy. Yeah, Chewie needed a friend after after Ben. Yeah, and unfortunately, I think that those are the two best scenes in that movie, and we just watched the whole movie by that little teaser trailer. So, Yeah. No, I think another good scene in the movie is going to be when Kylo actually loses, because I'm... I'm invested in seeing him lose because I just want to see it and be like, yeah, finally that little, you, you mean lose again? Cause he lost. Yeah, in the he's, first yeah, one. he's never really won <laughs> his ultimate defeat. Like, I just want to see his ultimate defeat. Like finally it's over. Screw you, dude. You're a whiny little punk. The only reason he kind of won in the second one was because Ray was there. Yeah. He's, he's not, he's not a winner. 
No, he he's not. And, you know, clearly you can tell that because he's welding his helmet together. He has no idea who or what he is. So he's just going back and forth. Oh, I'm Darth Vader. No, I'm not Darth Vader. I'm my own guy. Well, now I don't know what to do because all my masters are dead. So I'm just going to make a help, put my helmet back together now and, and be Darth Vader again. Dude, why not just go buy a new one? Right. Like, seriously. Make a new one. You can pull out a 3D printer. Are you telling me that they don't have 3D printers? Um, or like even a replicator. I mean, come on. Right. Use the force and make it just assemble it back together brand new. Disney just really did what I was hoping they weren't going to do. And that is that they ruined, they ruined Star Wars. They really did. I mean, George Lucas threw it in the ground and there was a chance that Disney could resurrect it. But as far as I'm concerned, Star Wars is dead now. And that really pisses me off. Yeah, because everything, the, like all of the literature that came after the movies that was canon, once Disney got a hold of it, they're like, Oh, flush that. That if it's not in the movies, it's not canon. Don't don't bet on it. And then they had so much stuff that they could have built off of that everybody who was invested in that universe was what well, would have jumped behind and it would have been awesome and they shit canned it. <laughs> I feel like we could do an entire dude cast just on Star Wars. So let's oh, we, move on to hold on before that. before we move on. I do have to say because this does fall under Star Wars trailers is that uh, they are actually releasing a new season of uh, Clone Wars, which is covering where Ahsoka went, and it looks it looks pretty sweet. And I will say this about Disney: while they did screw royally the movies, uh, at least. Clone Wars and Rebels were actually really good series. Yeah, the, I, the I animated series they did great. I don't hear interjecting on this D- DJ DJ interjecting on this at all because he usually has something fierce to say about anything that's on the Disney Channel. Um, no, I don't. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's move on to some Men in Black. How would you guys think about that trailer? I think I think it might be uh, good. Um, it, it 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 piques my curiosity because, you know, how in the hell did this lady find out where MIB headquarters is? I'm curious about that. Two, she's sassy. I like that. And uh, who knows? It might be good. True. Well, and then then you got the the main guy, the the agent. They get in the car. He's like, okay, there should be a red button here somewhere. Now, now where where did it go? And she's like, oh, it's right here. I found it. Yeah, it definitely feels like it still keeps like the the comedy of like the early Men in Blacks. Um, so they definitely carry that part over. But uh, I'm just kind of interesting to see what they've done with the story, moving it to call it international. Yeah, I will say it. It sounds like uh, Will Smith is going to have a cameo in it, just based on a portion, a very small portion of that. Uh, trailer. Uh, it sounds like he's probably higher up in the ranks, and just before they send the girl over to England. Uh, the new Zed says something to to him about it. So I'm looking forward to it. Also, it's got Liam Neeson in it, so I'm sure Liam Neeson is going to die. I'm willing to bet that he's probably going to turn out to be a bad guy. That too. Yeah, I was watching. I'm like, oh, Liam Neeson's going to be the bad guy, and, and then he's going to die. I like that Agent H is super not serious about anything like, oh, let's test the universe's most powerful weapon. Like, sure, why not? Let's have fun. Turn it up a few. (laughs) That was great. 
Oh, um, I, okay. Real quick though, on the, uh, on the MIB stuff. So my rank, my, I don't say if I want to say rankings, but the first one of course was awesome. It was groundbreaking. It was the first in the line. And of course my main man, Danny Elfman did the music for it. So it was pretty bitching. Uh, the second one, eh, it, it left something to be desired. The third one, I thought Josh Brolin did an amazing job um, playing uh, ZK, right? Josh Brolin does an amazing job in everything. And yes, he was K. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he got, uh, why am I blinking on his name? Who's who, who played K first? Tommy Lee Jones. That's right. Okay. So he did a spot on impersonation of Tommy Lee Jones. He, he just did so good on it. And he's done a couple that were like that where he's just, he's just got it down. Uh, Cable actually is a really good example of Josh Brolin doing something awesome because he, Cat captured the angst of Cable really well. I haven't seen that one. You haven't seen Deadpool 2? I haven't seen any of the Deadpools. Oh, jeez. Oh, that's sad. I'm trying to watch, him. Trying to watch him. movies with a nine-year-old. Can, I can't I, watch him with Deadpool her. appropriate. Deadpool Just fast forward through the parts. <laughs> Deadpool is appropriate. Okay, any child's gonna love that. Dead, Deadpool no, 2. No, no, no. Deadpool no. 2 is. Deadpool it's a family 2 is appropriate. Movie. Deadpool, there is some scenes in there you're going to have to explain, and you don't want to do that yet. But Deadpool 2, there's some well, swearing, but there's no, like, Deadpool getting pegged. So, Oh, yeah. And I heard that they took, um, that they took Deadpool and made a PG-13 version of it. And apparently t- that cut like two thirds of the storyline completely out. I have not seen once upon a Deadpool. I know it exists. I know it exists to prove to Disney that Deadpool can exist in a PG 13 universe so that they could bring him into Avengers one day, but I haven't seen it. They did cut a fair amount. I haven't seen it either, but uh, they cut a fair amount out of it. I think in the end, it actually was only a half hour shorter than the original one was. And the addition of the parody for Princess Bride was apparently a big driver for it, but it made a ton of money. So, and I guess, I guess they donated the majority of that to some, something, some cancer organization. They, they donated a lot of the profit from that one particular, uh, to some cancer research oh, that's place. Awesome. But yeah, I think, I, I think uh, DJ's correct on that one where they, uh, they definitely are, just trying to simply say, hey, don't don't discount Deadpool now that you've got the rights to it. Put them in an X-Men movie or, you know, whatever. Oh, that was the other trailer. Yeah, because he runs Dark around Phoenix. with, uh, yeah, he runs around with um, Cable. Uh, Deadpool yeah. and Cable are buddies. Yeah. Deadpool and the, Deadpool and the X-Men are, are uh, friends. I mean, there are a couple of the X-Men in the Deadpool movies, just so you're aware they're, uh, Raven. Yeah, that like Colossus. They knew Disney knew like Deadpool's gonna work, but um what they were trying to see with Once Upon a Deadpool, from what I understand, is whether or not they could use whether or not he could still work as PG thirteen so they could put him like in an Avengers movie where he's not the sole focus and still pull like some good Deadpool humor out of him. Well, just have him turn to the camera and start talking about stuff that's going on behind the scenes in other parts of the world and really flip people's lids because that's stuff that he does in the comics. 
I just want them to be cameos, like just show up as a cameo in the movies. Like, oh, I showed up too late. Like have a massive battle go down and then everybody walks away and then he walks up like, I'm here. What, hey, guys. Everyone? I made it. Who the hell is everybody? Oh, what happened? We're done, dude. <laughs> Isn't that late again? <laughs> like an end, they would, my dream would be at the end of Far or yeah, Far From Home, Spider-Man Far From Home that's coming out in July. If at the end of that, the end credit scene was him showing up and being like, Parker, I'm here. And Spider-Man being like, who the hell are you? <laughs> that's our tangent from MIB International to, uh, to Marvel. Um, let's, uh, oh, did that, the other movie I wanted to, uh, trailer I wanted to cover was Dark Phoenix. What did you guys think about that, by the way? I like that it seems to have gone to the original Dark Phoenix story. I, from yeah. what I originally saw, it looked like they were going to continue off of the X-Men 3 version of Dark Phoenix. But I like how this one is like, no, it pretty much happens the way that it happened in the comic and the old animated series. I, I think yeah, a lot of potential. Yeah. And, and the thing the thing that I uh, that I definitely agree with is, or that I've liked is that with um, the start from first class, first class is kind of it's the introduction of the new people, but then they started down the big uh, five and six part episodes of the X-Men's animated series. And they finally, which I'm glad about made the decision to actually focus on either the comic books or the TV series chose the TV series, which I'm grateful for. Cause I, you know, we, we all grew up with it. I loved that series. Um, but they took all of the big parts like uh, days of future past was a five or six part episode and it cut. And it was actually uh, the end of a season and the beginning of the next season. And then it's the same thing with apocalypse and actually from apocalypse is when um, Jean starts getting these, these, uh, powers that she doesn't really recognize and if you're and that's in the animated series and she actually becomes phoenix very shortly after the apocalypse episodes end and because of that uh they they did in the movie apocalypse they showed her with the slight tinge of the phoenix but nothing really so you knew that was going to be next but you know it's just the fact they're actually sticking to the continuity of the big episodes from the original, uh, from the animated series, which I, I think is awesome. Yeah. I think Fox hit the, the joke really big at the beginning, um, with their X-Men when, um, they have Logan making fun of their suits and they turn over and go, what did, did you want yellow spandex? See, and that was, that was part of it is that, you know, what was it? Brian Singer did the first and the second one, and then they kicked him for, a bunch of the other ones brought him back for days of future past. And I don't remember who did first class, but they did an awesome job with it. And then Brian singer has been doing them since, and they've got his, you can tell the, the blips, you know, the little comedy blips and whatnot that he wrote in for the first and the second one um, are now taking place in the most recent ones, which is fantastic. And he really was probably one of the best directors for the X-Men series that has been. I will say this is that Apocalypse was a train wreck. It yeah, was not to, a good movie. I need to catch up on those ones too. They actually said in it, they went and saw Return Turn of the Jedi or Empire Strikes Back. I can't even remember. In the movie, they went and saw it and they come out of the theater and they're like, yeah, I always hear that the second one is the worst. Or the third one's the worst. I can't remember what they said exactly, but basically it was... They're, they're, they shot themselves in the foot with that line. And 
it was pretty profound and hilarious. So should we move on to the uh, Hobbs and Shaw? We don't have to talk about Hobbs and Shaw if you guys. Oh, don't we mind. have to now because I saw the trailer. <laughs> you saw the trailer. All right. What, yes, I said about the trailer. First of all, first of all, look, uh, no, uh, I, I love Dwayne Johnson. He is probably one of the best comedy action actors that we have right now. I mean, hands down, he's hysterical. And I feel like what they did with what they're doing with Hobbs and Shaw is basically just making a bitch in action movie and just slapping Fast and Furious on it so that they can get Fast and Furious uh, fanboys into it. Well, they are Fast and Furious characters. And it's just so over the top. Like, holy crap. (laughs) Yeah, like the bad guy. What was it? He's a super soldier with enhanced strength and an carbon fiber exoskeleton in his skin so like that you don't get more over the top than <laughs> he's black superman and super, yeah black <laughs> superman i'm black superman nah no holy shit he really is black superman yeah i i definitely will uh i probably will see that i i don't really care for the fast and furious movies but like i said i really like dwayne johnson of course i like jason statham who doesn't uh and yeah. idris elba is like one of the best British actors that's out there right now. And I, I haven't seen anything in that he's been in that I didn't think he did good at. And I don't know about you guys, but my first exposure to Idris Elba was the office and he was fucking hilarious in that. Um, anyway, that's all I, I, I do. I think it looks, I think it looks great. I just think that they wrote an action film and slapped in names and characters of fast and furious just for, just for the name. Honestly, I really do. I don't think that it has anything to do with Fast and Furious other than let's get the name on there and get the super fans in there. Well, I think they, at one point it did, but then the fallout between Dwayne Johnson and Vin Diesel happened. And I don't, I think they've separated things from that point. Well, when he goes back to uh, the islands, when uh, uh, the rocks character uh, Hobbs goes back home, um, they, they run a chop shop and, so that there's still the, the tie-in because then they race across the island and try and take down a helicopter with a tow truck, according to the trailer. All right. So now we know who the super fan is of uh, Fast and Furious. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just saying oh, that. I've watched that, them all. That it ties and I, in. Like, they, they're, and one of them, they're like, oh, we can't possibly go up against that car. It's got like 900 horsepower. I'm like, that what? That's over the top. <laughs> combined between all of us we have 700 horsepower and he's rocking 900 in that thing it's like no that's not it's over 9000 <laughs> <laughs> that's not how it works so speaking of making all those uh fast and the furiouses how about how many godzilla movies do we need um uh, many many more apparently we, two more cuz we're getting king of the monsters and then what, godzilla what? versus kong how many godzilla movies are there currently like fifty something. I don't okay, know. Okay, then there's about there. Then that's fifty something too many already. So, just saying. With this new, this new Godzilla, the King of the Monsters, like the first one that came out a couple of years ago, I saw the trailers for it, and I was like, that doesn't look good. And then I went and saw it, and I was like, yeah, that was fun to watch. But like watching these trailers for King of the Monsters, I'm actually like really excited to go see this one. Yeah, I've I've never really been a fan of Godzilla. But this one looks interesting enough that that I'll probably end up go see, going and seeing it. And I don't care to go see Godzilla versus King Kong in two years or whenever that's scheduled to come out. 
Uh, next year. Yeah, I don't have any interest in Godzilla. I've never really cared for it. Oh, I've I've kind of kept an eye on it over the years. Um, one of my friends is really big into Godzilla, so I've seen a couple of them with him, and I can see like what 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 Godzilla brings to the table, you know. And it's it's really cool to think of like this huge monster that kicks other huge monsters' asses to protect Earth, you know. But not humans, right. just the Earth, right. because it's, it's his. his planet. Because we, yeah, we, we just, just live we here. just live here on his turf. It's fine. Yeah, and we're no threat to him, and that's why he doesn't, except for, like, I think the very first Godzilla movie, he was attacking humans. But other than that, it, he doesn't care that we're here because we're no threat to him or his planet or something. I don't get it. See, I like what Pacific Rim did to those monsters and set up the, their origin that they come from some other dimension. And I that. did not like what Pacific Rim 2 did with any of that franchise. We I have not seen that yet. About the second one, as far they again, they just talk a franchise with promise, and then the second one, and that that, that has killed Pacific Rim. That there is no coming back from that. Oh, it did have good actors though. Um, I'm like not the main about the guy, acting, I'm talking about the story. Right, the main guy was really good. There were. The girl, that little girl that was in it, she wasn't too good. There were a bunch of other people in it. I can't, it's been so long since I've seen it that I can't really remember much about it. But I remember coming out of it thinking that was a movie that had great acting, but the story was great acting and great directing, but the special effects and the story were just so bad. No, I didn't even think the directing was very good. Eh, Maybe to a point. All right. And so our last trailer is Lion King. That looks really good. They, I think they may have done a really good job on actually recreating the Lion King as a li- as a more live. Obviously, it's not going to be live action at all. Everything's CGI, so it's still just animation. But uh, definitely realistic. Yeah, more realistic, a realistic version of it, and it definitely looks better than any of the other ones we've seen, especially uh, Beauty and the Beast. I, I, I just have such a disdain for that movie. Actually, I will say I thought they did Cinderella pretty well because they moved away from the cartoon a lot and kind of went closer to, if I remember right, the actual story rather than the Disney story. Yeah, I haven't seen uh, the Cinderella one, but they could have done so much better on Beauty and the Beast. I feel like they did a really good job with Beauty and the Beast. Well, for what it is, it's not a bad movie, but Going live action, there's so much more that they could have done. Yeah, and the, there's but, a couple of like missed marks in that movie, but I feel like overall they did an you know an okay job. It was it was good, it was entertaining, but it doesn't hold true to like the actual like animated film that was made years ago. No, and that was one of my favorites. I watched that one. I remember one winter I watched that one almost daily along with Aladdin. So those are actually my two favorite. Uh, animated movies because they came out right at my uh, young self loving, you know, those types of <laughs> movies. And I, I mean, I'm already pretty upset at what they're doing with Aladdin, uh, to be honest, but, and the genie is actually not even the biggest issue of mine anymore. I think, I think Will Smith can pull it off because nobody can pull off right. Robin Williams as far. I mean, they just Jafar is an old curmudgeon, nasty, nasty old man. And they, put replaced him with some attractive early thirties guy. And that is just, that's, that's not Jafar. That has never, 
ever been Jafar in the. No, he's supposed to be a creepy old dude. Yeah, he's being all like seductive and stuff. Like what? No, yeah, gross. And then they changed the Sultan. Hello, could you not have found uh, a short fat guy? Come on, (laughs) where where is Danny DeVito? Where was where is Danny? Danny DeVito's working on um triplets i think i can't remember he's got something coming up that i remember reading about and i was like holy crap danny devito's still alive <laughs> well, yeah he's been in uh it's always sunny in philadelphia for like 15 years now but anyway yeah so so back to the to the, with the lion king i think they did they've done really good um i really do like that they got james earl jones back to play mufasa that was a smart move on their part as far as i'm concerned but whoever is doing scar is also doing a great job. I wish it was Jeremy irons again, but it's not, but he's doing a pretty damn good job too. Yeah. They just, I scar is actually my one concern about the movie. I'm hoping that what we saw of scar isn't what he's going to look like in the end because he looked really, um, mangy. Um, you he can barely tell. Complete. Like he didn't look complete. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And that that one does concern me. Hopefully when they do a screening for it, they, you know, they go in and actually edit Scar back to being a bit more of the ruthless orange looking t- uh, lion that he was rather than this looks like all the other lions. Because that was the thing is he, he didn't look like any of the other lions. And that I felt was a really important part of the story to begin with. Yeah, he needs a, like a darker cast to him. Yeah. And his mane isn't black either. His mane is the same same color as everybody else's mane. And, you know, to separate him from from all the rest of the lions, you know, he was more or less in that story, evil incarnate. And they've taken that away. So I really do hope that, you know, they do dress him up a lot better. Yep. So I looked up Danny DeVito because it was bugging me what I saw him. And yes, Triplets is coming out. So there cool. will be a, another one of those strange movies um i assume assume it's a it's a sequel to twins yes it's a sequel to twins they find a third one i don't remember who's playing the third one it was announced but i can't remember who it was so arnie is going to be in it too yeah it's arnie and him find out they have a third brother but the movie that he's working on right now that made me be like that dude is still alive is he's going to be in jumanji 3 oh yeah 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 he is which by the oh Let's go on a tangent with Jumanji. How much did you guys like the second Jumanji movie? I liked it. I, I haven't I, seen it. I loved it. I was really glad that they did a continuation because I was when I first saw it, I thought, oh shit, here we go. They're gonna do another reboot of a movie no one is asking for a reboot of. But yeah, it was but I, I know that, I saw story. the trailer and they made it in like like a video game kind yeah. of, and yeah, I liked really that good. aspect. Yeah, they brought it current without undoing the original story. In fact, they, it, it, it really is very intertwined with the original movie. It is. It's very intertwined. And the third triplet is going to be played by Eddie Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> yep. Oh, that is great. Okay, I'm hooked. I'm going to go see it because I liked twins to begin with, but now we're going to have the third one. Oh, it's a black guy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yes. <laughs> Oh, so is he like the extra garbage? Like, like, uh, Danny DeVito's character wasn't garbage enough. They had to like take garbage from the garbage to make more. I mean, is that what's going to happen? I don't have any idea what it is, what it's going to be. I just know that it's called triplets and that the new cast member is Eddie Murphy. All right. (laughs) That's, that's great. They haven't given any more information yet. 
I was just going to say it's it's kind of cool to hear that Eddie Murphy's finally coming out of his uh, hideaway to actually come back into doing something uh, film-related since he got out of that Disney contract. He hasn't done anything. Uh, are you talking about the the Dr. Yeah. Doolittle ones? Like he had a contract. And yeah, he had professor. a Disney contract that lasted for like 10 years or something like that. Uh, don't quote me on that because I don't really know. Anyway, um, and then after that contract was up, he just kind of – probably just took a break so it's kind of cool to see him actually kind of come back out with that i think we're done with trailers we won't go into will smith fighting will smith with gemini man that oh i did have a comment on that no not the trailer itself but the comment of holy crap this the cgi aging technology is really starting to weird me out right i didn't that first shot of him when he's really young i didn't even recognize that was him i thought it was somebody else completely yeah if you're going to do something like that, especially with like Will Smith. Use his son, man. Well, the whole point of it was that they were there. The whole point of that that trailer is that they're clone. They're all the same guy, just different ages. Yeah, and the de aging right. technology in the movie looks like it is on point. So, oh, it is. It's that's part of why it's freaking me out. Um, there's a whole there's a whole theory on it when people start accepting the technology, and they've I think they've I think they've gotten to that pinnacle, and it's. It's freaky. It's kind of freaky to me. Well, we do have it the is. computing horsepower to do these things now. And then with like AI technology yep. uh, kind of still in its birthing stages, but being more pronounced and utilized, we're definitely definitely at that pinnacle point to where now we can almost make everything CGI. Well, I think that's going to end up being the future of Hollywood in general is that you're going to have someone who owns the rights to them, to themselves. Like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm Bill Bobo check and uh, I own the rights to me. Oh, you want me to be in this movie? Well, okay, I'll give you rights for this movie. And uh, because there's, I don't know, you guys know of anything about called deep fakes. Uh, that's essentially where Hollywood is at now is that they're pretty much at that point. And it's going to be, it's nobody's going to be acting anymore. It's all going to be done through AI and CGI. See with that technology, they should be able to start, um, implementing the the vr technology as well so -hmm. that you could start experiencing movies from the point of view of the character where you're led through the story and it's like you are moving through it and you're just watching it that is gonna be freaky so with vr the problem with vr is the resolution that's required is ridiculous like even with our max resolutions now in vr you can tell that you're like it gets pixelated and in order to get it like looking good it takes like gigabytes like hundreds of gigabytes to get a video looking good like a 10 minute video we're there we're going to be there in the next five years without question VR is going to be the VR is going to be what people will start going to to escape reality. It's going to end up being like movies. What, what's a movie? I mean, five, ten years max, we're going to be at a point where everybody's going to have a headset to go watch a yeah, movie. I think at this point, it's going to be like a breakthrough in uh, technology because I really think that we need to start moving away from copper because we can only shoot so much bandwidth through copper. But if we go through optical, now we're now we're talking. Now we can start mm-hmm. moving, like DJ was saying, gigabytes worth of data a second. And imagine putting on this headset, and then all of a sudden you're on a different planet, and you're seeing everything as it is. You can turn around, you can look, and you're like, what the hell's going on? Yeah, it's, it's getting there. Yeah, especially with uh, 
um, fiber optic, uh, each wavelength of light can be coded to a different thing and you can get that much more layering of information just by uh, sending and receiving multiple wavelengths simultaneously. Yeah, it's it's there. I it, it, it it's not going to be long. All right, nerds, let's talk end game. Okay, this is the point part part where we have two sessions to this. Uh, we have we're going to be talking some in game impressions without or without spoilers, and then we're going to do spoilers. So if you want zero of any type of spoiler situation going on, you can cut out now. Um, if you want to keep listening just for a little bit. Then we'll let you know when we actually move into the spoiler arena. Uh, so just keep it in mind, though, something could slip out because we like to talk. So, uh, hey, if something slips out, I'm probably going to block it out. Oh, yeah, that works. He'll dude. Yeah, it. that'll work. OK, let's do this. First impressions. Uh, we'll just go down the list. DJ. Well, let's start with Scotty since he was the first to see it. We'll go in that oh, order. Yeah. Scotty. Oh, Scotty. Scotty. Oh, first impressions. <sighs> so it, I thought it was really good. I I really like how they kind of bring brought everything together. Um, definitely, definitely enjoyed like bringing the underdog to light to kind of make the the lesser known Marvel characters have a little bit more of a part and bring everybody on like an equal plane. That's what I really enjoyed about the movie. All righty, uh, Raven, what's your uh, initial impression of the movie? I thought that they did a very good job. Um, just before I saw it, I heard a spoilerless um, impression on it that made me a little iffy on it to begin with. And that was, uh, they said that it was pretty segmentary and didn't flow well, but I thought it flowed really well from beginning to end and definitely answered a lot of the questions that were out there and brought again brought everyone to more of a level playing field where powers are less important in some aspects okay uh just a quick on that one i kind of agree it was a flippy on that it did not flow as well as infinity war did all right dj you're up what was your initial impression uh, so yeah with it being segmentary it it was i can see what they're talking about there it was definitely like three different genres of movie put together but it wove together really well yeah what what they were saying that that uh set me weird was that they compared it to six 30 minute intervals and i'm like that does not sound entertaining at all yeah i don't think that's an accurate no oh no no when i saw i you can definitely split it into a beginning middle end but it flows really well from the beginning to the middle to the end. So be, beyond that, it was a really good movie. I enjoyed it. Um, I want to talk about the trailer for it real quick. The handful of trailers that came out. Uh, they said that there were no scenes in those trailers that were beyond like the first half hour of the movie. I didn't have a stopwatch out to see, but definitely I went after it was over. I went and I watched all of the trailers again, and I only found five scenes that were beyond the first act. Everything else is there was also some stuff that wasn't even in the movie. Right. And of those five scenes, um, I think only one of them was the way it was in the movie. The rest of them had something altered so that you couldn't know what was happening in that scene for real. Like one specifically that I remember is carrying the dude. Um, <coughs> no, it's in one of the trailers. Oh, shit. That's a spoiler. Well, sorry. I told you a spoiler might come out anyway. Yeah. Okay. So are we on to me We're now? On to you. 
Yes, we are. Okay. Um, I give it a, a solid 15 out of 18 spoons. It was a really good movie. I think it's probably my second favorite Avengers movie for sure. The first one being my favorite. Captain America is a badass, always has been, and is actually one of my favorite superheroes and has been since I was a kid. So I, anyway, overall, uh, it's, it was a great movie. It was really well done. Um, there are specific scenes that we'll talk about in the next segment about it uh, that really drove me up a wall. But other than that, yeah, it was solid movie. It was great, entertaining. It did not feel like three hours. Uh, I certainly remember when I saw Return of the King, I definitely felt like that was three hours, and I don't even think it broke the three-hour mark on the theatrical release. Oh, yeah, it definitely didn't feel like three hours in this movie. Yeah, not oh, at same. all. No, I, I went to a, uh, yeah, I went to late-night viewing. The late-night show started 11.10, so I wasn't even leaving the theater till almost 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, dude, that that's like the shortest three hours I've ever sat through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Overall, like I said, it, it was a great movie. Uh, definitely could eat a lot of popcorn during it. Yep. And I can't wait to take my daughter to it because that is going to... She'll be more entertaining than the movie. I'll tell you that much. Oh. And with that, we're going to go into the spoiler section of this. We're going to deep dive. So uh, if you don't want to be spoiled at this point, it's a good time to... Turn it off. And uh, we won't have anything else after this. So there's no like fast forwarding you need to do. Just turn us off. And when you've seen the movie and you're not worried about spoilers, you can come back and pick us up at about the hour mark. And yeah. All righty. Stay cool, All dudes. Right. Stay fresh. I'm not going to finish that till dun, the end. Dun, dun. So if yeah. you want to know what, I, what that, if you want to know what that end, the ending of stay fresh is, you'll have to come back. Yeah. You'll have to come back after you've seen the movie and want to hear the spoilers and hear our opinion, which starts now. Now. Endgame with spoilers. Do, 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 do. Yeah, All that right. movie totally sucked. I don't know what I was saying a minute ago. <laughs> my gosh. Oh, it was a train wreck. No. <laughs> oh, my God. Time travel. Ugh. Well, oh, know yeah. How I feel about there's time sh- travel. There's the shock. They did time travel. Oh, no, it's called a time heist. I like that they called it the I did. Time yeah, that was great. Cool. I did that not like time great. travel because time travel never works out. And this movie was no exception. This movie Truth. fucked up time travel like everybody else yep. does. That that was one of my sticking points because they wiped out Thanos from the past. So right? how could he have possibly done what he did that, at all? And the point that they wiped him out from completely like now Gamora's gone before Guardians of the Galaxy one even happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's not there to screw with Ronin. She's not uh, Nebula's not there to screw with Ronin. Um, her and yeah, Nebula, well, no, 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 Nebula kind of she kind of is. Nebula from the past is dead from that timeline that they came from before they went to, um, for, for not for mirror, uh, how was the other planet? You know, the opening, the opening scene in guardians right. of the galaxy. Yeah. Uh, that was where they were at. And then they went ahead to the future to the five year mark after Thanos had snapped his fingers. So basically with him losing and being eradicated, um, his last scene, last time he was seen in the past was at the beginning of Guardians of the Galaxy, essentially. He was not in, he can't possibly be there to even look for the Infinity Stone. So it kind of even resets the whole universe as it is, and it was not as, it, it, it was not an easy transition. Nope. It, yeah, they wiped him out. Uh, they took Gamora and Nebula out of that timeline. So now who's going to stop Quill? Like, uh, um, by some That's chance, true. they but were still Quill able was to... looking for her. 
Quill was well, looking for her, but I mean, yeah. Like, even if the, by some chance they beat Ronan without Gamora and Qu- uh, Nebula, then the next big thing was who's going to stop Quill from taking Ego up on his offer in Guardians of the Galaxy 2? Because his main reason for not doing that was because he loved Gamora and now she's not there. He never fell in love with her. There's nobody, there's no nothing to anchor his humanity to our our side of that equation. Yeah. Yeah, because Rock is not going to do it. He'll be like, all right, let's go destroy some shit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. And, well, I guess that does answer my question. I was going to ask, are we going to go the negatives first or the positives we first? Mix it up a bit. We That's started true. with the, the big negative. The big negative was Thanos. Um, they screwed time travel. Up, period. Yeah. But with the way Thanos lost was not the way he should have lost. No, uh, Thor should have cut his head off just before he turned to dust so that he really knew how bad he did lose. Because I don't think I, I don't think that it quite I don't think it quite um, registered in his brain how bad he'd lost. But it would because yeah, he sat down he like he's going to get a cup of coffee like, oh, right? shit. And, and if, if Thor had come and cut his head off, you know, he could have at least seen that coming and went, oh, yeah. Crap. Yeah, <laughs> I guess and I really because did it's time lose. travel. There's always that like, well, what else could they have done? Well, they could have. They knew where Thanos went when it was all over. They know yep. what planet he went to. They knew that they had 26 days before he snapped away the Infinity Stones and they couldn't ever get to him again. It's a lot easier to time travel back to a 26 day window and mm-hmm. go in and steal the gauntlet from him while he's sleeping. Undo everything. And then put the gauntlet back. He never even knows that he lost the gauntlet and that in the future. Or or just go back to the that 25th day, kill him then in his sleep, because while he has the stones, you don't want to catch him awake. But yeah. kill him in his sleep, and then you don't even have to worry about it. There's a lot of, there's a lot of ways they could have gone with it instead of the way they did it. That would have been less time time ravaging. Yeah, they could have just time traveled because they knew like, hey, if we go back after he does that snap, we know he's weak enough that we can take him out with just us that we don't need. Sure, we know where he's at. We can we can time travel now. Let's call up Captain Marvel and she can put him in a headlock again. And yeah. Yeah. All right. So on the uh, Captain Marvel front, first of all, I was really glad she was not as big a part of this movie as it seemed like she was going to be. Because she was the last one there. She shouldn't have been a big part of it. She wasn't. That's great. Uh, the second thing is, oddly, before we went and saw it, I told uh, we were actually watching Infinity War. And I told her before we left, I said, you know, honestly, the thing that really makes me upset about this is that Scarlet has a ton more power than Captain Marvel does. And I was very happy to see that play through in this movie. Oh, yeah, Scarlet Witch. Oh, my gosh, dude. She kicked his ass to the point that he had to do his version of Broken Arrow. Oh, crap. She's going to kill me. Uh, We got to do something different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but at at the time, she couldn't do it because she got taken out with the initial snap. No, I'm no. Well, yes, uh, that. But I'm talking about in this particular instance between Captain Marvel and Scarlet. Uh, Captain Marvel didn't do hardly any damage to him. He kicked the shit out of her, which I was happy to see. Scarlet, on the other hand, it took everything he had to stop her from killing him. And that included bombarding the whole planet. Yeah. And and after even after he was weakened by Scarlet, 
uh, she still couldn't do much to him. She got him in that headlock, and he still kicked her ass. So I was glad to see that she now, her he character did have was taken the, down a peg. He did have to use the power stone in his offhand to kick her ass, but he was still able to do it. Yeah, but he had to use his ships and kill his own troops to stop Scarlet. That's that's a broken arrow situation that you know you don't call on that unless you absolutely yeah, have to. Yeah, that there's he was definitely like on the verge of like dying at that point when Scarlet had him in the yep. air, like about ready to rip him in half. And that's when he called in mm-hmm. the airstrike to just bombard the shit out of the, the you know, the ground. And then that happened the way it happened, which I was, was like, this is awesome. <laughs> yes, it was. I was I was giddy during that. I ain't going to lie. Now on to something that really pulled me out of the movie in that moment was the Pussy Brigade. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, I actually mentioned that to my wife. I was like, it didn't need to happen. And it jarred me out of the moment because just right before that, they show Gamora and Nebula in a completely they're underground and they show every like uh, Pepper's fighting alongside Iron Man and all like they show everybody in these different areas. And then all of a sudden they're just all swarmed right there around Captain Marvel to be like, oh, we'll help her get through. And I was like that you can't be more forced. And she didn't have to even get help to get through. She plowed through them by herself anyway. Yeah, that was the other the thing. Whole, she that was, was more than powerful in- enough to just plow through it. So what was the point to bring? That was all. It was all just a feminist agenda. Women stand together, and it pull. It literally pulled it, me. It out. ruined the moment. Ta- it, Tamara yeah. completely agreed with me on that. She's like, it pulled me out of the movie. She was not happy about it. Like, it was really cool. Uh, pose and the action sequence that followed was really cool Mm -hmm. but yeah it was very jarring and it was very forced if they could have done it like in a flu fluid manner where everything came together that they all happened to be there at the same time and they showed that happen it would have been less jarring see and they accomplished that in infinity war because they, they essentially tried to remake the infinity war one and i liked that one uh that one was good because you know scarlet was about to get her get her shit handed to her and it's total silence, and Black Widow's like, oh, wait, she, she's not alone, Rip. you dummy. You know? <laughs> yeah. We can get to that later, obviously. But yeah, so so the one in Infinity War, I, I thought it was fine. It flowed just fine. It was it went, worked well. Um, but the one, the one in Endgame was just forced, and it was not good. Yeah. Yeah, it did not need to be there. What about that first act, though? Like, did you guys think about the... Like the very opening, like as soon as it came up and they were with Clint's family, like I immediately was like, oh, I don't want to watch this movie anymore. I need to leave. That opening scene about brought me to tears. Oh, that was freaky. It got a single manly tear out of me. Yes. Because I was just like, oh, fuck. Are you seriously going to do this to us? <laughs> yep. I knew it was coming, too. We, I think, I'm pretty sure everybody knew it was coming. That was a great opening scene. That was awesome. I, I thought it was interesting that... Uh, they also focused on his house arrest um, anklet too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know how far off the reservation he will have to go. Yep. yep. It, it was a good way to bring us back to where they ended infinity war with the snap and everybody disappearing. Cause they needed to get us back in that mindset. And I was wondering how they would get us back to that tone. Oh, yeah, they, they accomplished did. it. <laughs> As soon as that came up and I was like, that's how they're going to do this. No, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go. And and then it also brought an answer to the question of where was Hawkeye in Infinity War? He should have been with everybody else, but why not? Well, because obviously he's on house arrest and he's 
trying to make amends with his family and live his life. And then, ah, shit. And my wife was asking me, well, why, why would somebody do that? And I'm like, um, are you kidding me? Like if you lost your entire family like that, obviously you're going to lose your marbles and you're just going to go out and just go on a rampage. (laughs) Oh yeah. I totally understood where he's coming from too. My family dies and yet you, the scumbag of the earth get to live. No, exactly. No, I I loved what he did. I, I actually had no qualms with what they had him turn into. Oh no. And it actually plays back to the first Avengers movie. There was a scene where him and uh, Black Widow were talking about uh, seeing red. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it kind of played off of that, how he had names that he needed to check off. Yeah, there were definitely some good kickbacks to the first movie and a lot of the story that they went through. It was it was good. Speaking of kickbacks, like the I was thinking I was watching and there was the part where Iron Man uh Tony gets all pissed off at him and talks about how they lost and kept going on about that. And I was really hoping they were uh, like at the end of infinity war, he goes on that all out assault against Thanos. And all he gets was that scratch with the drop of blood. Mm -hmm. I was really hoping that that moment where he's like, Oh, all that just for a drop of blood was going to end up working against him by bringing Tony back. When Tony remembered back in iron man two, when oh boy told him if you can make God bleed, like I was hoping that it, they were going to throw back to that and they never did. And it kind of pissed me off. Oh, that yeah, would have been, been cool. awesome. Anyway. So uh, the uh, sheer unadulterated anger that Tony had against Captain, Captain America, I, f- that you could actually feel that he acted that so well that you could actually feel that. Is especially when later they show up at his house because he's the only one that could figure out, how to make the time heist work Mm -hmm. and he's totally snubs steve rogers doesn't even say anything doesn't even look at him gives a nod to the other two like what's up guys yep and just yeah i know you're there but you're dead to me yeah that was that was that hurt (laughs) it did that really hurt i was gonna draw your guys's attention back to that argument that uh Tony had uh, with Steve in that in the room with everybody. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that he looked malnourished? Oh yeah, he yeah I noticed that he looked extremely. So he for looked twenty six days of starvation. Like I'm I'm really happy to see that kind of detail brought into the movie as well. Because I was just like, wait, you look weird. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're malnourished. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did awesome on that. I, good point. Um, they uh and, and of course that leads up to his collapse on top of it. But yeah, I mean, you go through it and he talks about how they had some rations here and there and whatnot. Um, and it didn't seem like uh, Nebula really ate or had to eat. Well, because she's mostly cybernetic at that point. Right. But you still need some sustenance as any type of a, a cybernetic because you still have some uh, organic material in you. Right. And- right. But the cost is so much less. Yeah. Yeah. And Tony wasn't the only one um, right before that. They show good old Steve with his shirt off and he's definitely smaller and looking like he's spent a couple of weeks where maybe he's not eating right. Well, do you know who wasn't smaller and malnourished? <laughs> <laughs> was it um, a guy with a thing and a oh, beard? Man, he and had a the hair? nastiest looking beard. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Later when like, <laughs> 
toward the oh. end when all of a sudden hit like he puts his armor back on and then his beard's braided like in the same moment i was like what right. the fuck well the thing that was that so i was worried i'm like oh man they really they they fatten him up for it and he brings the lightning and he gets skinny again thankfully no he did not get skinny again yeah, that was, awesome. was great i i enjoyed the reintroduction of thor after they killed thanos after they killed thanos in act one yeah yeah that first one not the end yeah. of the movie Thanos, yeah. but yeah, when they reintroduced him after the time jump, like that was awesome. I like that they determined like we have to power down Thor. What's the best way to do that? Well, let's let's make him a fat drunk. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I did oh, have what did with have some a, mommy issues thrown on the side mm-hmm. too. I, I did have a couple. I did have a couple of really good tear jerkers for me personally, and, and the two of them happened are kind of similar situations. Is uh, the first one was the uh was between thor and his mom that that yeah. one was getting me good and then the second it, one was between especially Tony and since his dad. She, she knew oh yeah that would make it even worse oh oh like, yeah oh how do you leave yeah. that yeah but then he got me all near back Be- because yeah. he's he's trying to he's trying to tell her no that, that i will never see you and she's like no 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 it's it's all good it's all good i like that thor th- had the foresight there to call Mjolnir so that he could dual wield. Well, and mm-hmm. and then then it's like the uh, who went with him? Um, Rocket. Mm-hmm. He's like, what the hell are you doing, man? <laughs> oh, and his mom's like, no. So, sometimes it takes a minute. Yep. Just wait. <laughs> yeah, like him having that, that so great. he could dual wield later was amazing. And then and then he got back. He's like, oh, awesome! It worked. Yes, I'm still worthy. Mm-hmm. And um, then Cap getting getting yeah. Mjolnir. That's, that was great too. And, and then then during during the battle, he ends up with a Stormbreaker too. And they're they're like, oh, no, 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 no! Give me that one. You get, you get the little one. <laughs> you yeah, get the little one. That line was um, awesome because I'm glad they went back to that where Odin tells the hammer or um, whosoever yeah. is worthy, whoever shall holds this hammer, hammer, if he be worthy, yeah. shall possess the power of Thor. And Captain America picks it up, and I'm yep. like, yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, that was so great. And that was a throwback to Age of Ultron when he almost yep. lifted it, and Thor yeah. was like, what? And then Thor being all like, I knew it! My, my theory on that was that he went to pick it up thinking he wasn't going to be able to, and then he felt it move, and he stopped, and that's yeah, what it was. I, I would go with that. I think, I think that's Just what that like, was. Well, he, when he gets a shield back, that was, was a great, good too. That was, that was a mending moment. That was a mending moment between Cap and Iron Man. Yeah. I also, like when he passes the shield on at the end, I liked his line where the guy's like, it looks like it's not mine. He's like, but it is. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, that was great. Yeah. Feel another tearjerker. I got another tearjerker, and it was, and it's when Black Widow dies, and it wasn't because she died. It was the fight between them that they were both so selfless in doing what need and having to do what needed to be done that they were willing to give up everything that they had accomplished and everything that they could accomplish and everything they were to save the galaxy. No, I, th- I think the real tearjerker for that was when um, Hulk tries to bring everyone back. He tried to bring her mm. back as well, and he had to and tell Clint, I, I tried, I, I couldn't. I. I think it was that Clint was, to me, it was that Clint was willing to make that sacrifice, even though he knew he wouldn't be able to get back to his family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, the, that, that's part of what I'm talking about, is, is the both of them 
being yeah. willing to to sacrifice themselves for the yeah. greater good. And once I realized which two characters were going there, I was like, oh, God, I don't want to see how that plays out. But then I saw how it played out. And I was more OK with how it played out than the other way. I, I like the little jokes that were throughout it, too. Like when uh, uh, Iron Man, Ant-Man and Cap go back to uh, New York mm-hmm. and um, Iron Man makes a joke. About, uh, Iron Man makes a joke about Cap's ass. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. That like, is America's no, ass. really is America's no, ass. No, no, I, I liked your ass. I think it's America's ass. Then he beats himself. Um, and he's like, that is America's ass. Yep. Strut, <laughs> goes great. strutting off. Dude, that was awesome when Captain America yeah, got was into great. the elevator with those guys. And I was like, okay, there's going to be a fight again. But then he's just like, oh, I need to take this. Oh, yeah. From, yeah. from Civil War. Hell Hydra. <laughs> And I was like, "Oh shit!" I, I honestly wasn't expecting that. I should have I should have expected that, but I was not expecting that. I really thought it was going to be another fight too. I knew it wasn't going to be a fight because I knew that there was. He was smart enough to know that there wasn't a way around it. That if he would have fought them there, then him of the past would have been blamed for it. So I knew he was going to do something. I just didn't expect him to say the Hell Hydra line. Mm. He pulled a sneaky one on you. So there was a problem in that that scene uh, where Loki picks up the. Infinity Stone or the the Tesseract. Sorry, oh you're about to you're about to point out the other time travel plot hole I was going to bring up at so some point. So Loki picks that up and he disappears. Where where do we pick? Where where did he go? Like do we ever, we never touch back on that? That that's how they brought Loki back to life. Well, and they well they bring it up in um Thor the last one Ragnarok. Yeah, when when he dies so afterwards, they're like, "Yeah, your brother died," and Thor's like, "He has died. He's faked his death so many times. I don't know what to believe anymore." Yep, he didn't fake his death though. He really did right, die. Right, but, but now he's escaped, and that's how he's back. But but they covered that loophole in. But they didn't because they created a new lo- loophole because he was supposed to go back to Asgard so that he could be there to help Thor after Thor's mom dies and fake his death the first time or second or third time. Um, but he can't do that now. So all of Thor, the dark world can't happen the way it happened because Loki was never captured. It's the same, it's the same time travel plot hole as we were talking about with uh, Thanos, you know, skipping over all of that time where he was searching for the stones and now he's dead. So he's not in that time frame anymore. It's the same, same exact <laughs> plot hole. Well, and um, what's her name? The, uh, the original Sorcerer Supreme before uh, Doctor Strange. She the covers Supreme, the ancient one. Yeah, the ancient one, that one. <laughs> um, she's like, no, because if you take it out, it splits off and you don't know what's going to happen over there. They're like, no, no, we'll, we'll bring it back. and It'll be like it's never gone. She's like, right, but it's but- my job to protect it. It's now the- they can't. And the point is now they can't bring Loki back to be charge so like there's going to be that breakaway there that could cause problems because now there's that other reality where loki's not there to help stop the dark elves from destroying the universe yeah because that 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 time that stone did not get returned back to where it was supposed to get returned to it was the one that they took from the the 70s that got returned so that that tangent that timeline tangent is actually still there 
And then the timeline tangent with Thanos is still there because Thanos never got returned where he was supposed to be. Yeah. So what else we got, guys? What else did we did we like and not like? My gosh, dude, there, there was a lot in this movie that happened. And I would like to know what happened to that uh, cat, not cat from Captain Marvel. Who because. Knows? And yeah, how did they get? How, well, OK, so. Spoilers for that movie. Um, Captain Marvel's power is from the Tesseract. She was exposed to the power and she absorbed it. Okay. Okay. So in that movie, it's from the 70s um, when they go back and steal the stone. That's the stone that they were stealing was the one that she was uh, they were, were experimenting with and uh, end up being exposed to it. But there's a cat. It's not a cat. It's an alien entity in the form of a cat that's like super dangerous. And um, it eats the Tesseract to prevent it from being stolen by mm-hmm. um, the Kree. And um, brings it, it. they come back to Earth with the cat, um, Fury, and Captain Marvel. And Fury's like, Okay, I know you're not a cat, but you're you're a pretty cat, and it scratches his eye out. That's how he loses his eye. No, oh, thank you for that one, Dick. You weren't gonna watch it anyway. No, I was actually going to, but only after it came out on video. I was gonna go see it in theaters. Anyway, the question to how the Tesseract got out of the cat is basic biology. He eventually pooped it out. Yes, because every Fury took it back to Shield at that point. Um, the reason the cat doesn't appear in Endgame is because. Captain Marvel was written after Endgame was finished filming. It was in post-production already. So they came up with the characters after Endgame had already been finished. So they couldn't really tie Captain Marvel into Endgame. Which is why her part in Endgame was actually significantly smaller than I expected it to be. Yeah, the the way that they plugged it at the end of Captain Marvel, it seemed like it'd be bigger because it's like, she'll be back in... Uh, Avengers Endgame. Yeah, you're like, oh, it seems like shit. it was like a limited tie-in with Captain Marvel uh, in Endgame because the only way, you know, they would be able to find Tony Stark in the middle of space in the middle of nowhere is with Captain Marvel. So that that part made sense. Yeah. Um, and then everything else after that, like everything else after that, like she doesn't fit in any of that storyline at all. Well, she fits in the pussy brigade, pussy brigade story portion of it. I mean, you know, she's leading that charge. And so like the connection there with Captain Marvel and Fury, that's their scene. That's their togetherness. And that just didn't fit with everything else that was happening in the Avengers world because she was on standby waiting for the call from Fury. Well, I'm going to let's uh, I've got some stuff to talk about that was at the end of the movie, uh, unless you guys got something else that takes place. And I'm talking like the last, you know, what, 15 minutes or so. So uh, I wanted to talk about um, that scene that you were talking about, the tearjerker of a scene with Tony and his dad and how Mm -hmm. I felt like it shouldn't have been in the movie. Like the entire 70s portion of that movie, I don't think should have happened. I think that they should have got away with it and Loki shouldn't have escaped and they should have just continued on from there. Well, hold on before you continue, before you continue. Is that because of the plot hole that was created? Partially because of the plot hole that was created, but also because it would have made about another 10 to 15 minutes available for them to devote toward the climactic epic battle at the end. 
And that epic battle at the end was to me, like everybody was up playing it. Like it's going to be this great battle. And it felt to me like with uh, matrix revolutions, there was that battle in the battle of Zion where mm-hmm. they were like, Oh, this battle's going to be so badass. And then I went and I saw it and it was like, Oh, well it was pretty cool, but it wasn't this epic thing. That you wanted lacked. it to be. be. And it was because you had so much going on. And with this one, it was the same thing. They had just so many characters there and so much going on. You really couldn't follow it. And the, I felt like there should have been more focus on the fighting of Thanos's army, like different heroes getting some hero moments, fighting some of the Black Guard. Well, especially when they when they plug it, when uh, Doctor Strange makes his entrance, he's like, he turns to his sidekick. He's like, "Is that everybody?" And he's like, "What? You wanted more?" Yeah, like even Howard the Duck was there. (laughs) (laughs) Like Howard was there um, when. They show Wasp. He's standing like right behind her. Hmm. So I, didn't, I wasn't even paying that much attention. I I, just like, there was so much going army. on. Yeah, and that's yeah, what I'm so saying. Is they oh. had so much going on that they couldn't give you the scope of really how like you couldn't you didn't get that scope that like it's so big that even Howard showed up yeah. for it. Yeah, um, I, I'll, I'll say with that scene, I think the main reason they actually threw it in there is because throughout the entire MCU, these last ten years has been. The, has been that um, anger and hatred towards his father, and so the whole purpose of the scene really wasn't really wasn't necessary in the story. And the reason that they did it really was just to close it out, since they were killing off Tony. Oh shoot! What? <laughs> uh, that's that's really why I think that scene was there. It had more to do with the closure of Tony. And, it wasn't and just Tony. It was also Steve. They had and to then the, there is that Peggy. scene for Steve for the end of the for the end of the movie because I knew as soon as he saw her, he wasn't he was going to find a way yep. to get back to her. I knew yeah. the second yeah. that he saw her. So, and then he did, which was honestly that was a great that was so good because he got to he is one of the few people in this world, uh, well in any world make believe or real that actually got to have his cake yeah, and eat it. He too. got his final. He got to show up at the dance like he promised. But you know what? He deserved it. Speaking of that, though, what do you guys think about uh, the new Captain America? I think that actually went really well. Like the choice on that. He's I think he's going to. Yeah, he, he's going to be he's going to be awesome. If I remember right in the comic books, he actually is one of the Captain Americas. I think so, too. Yeah, exactly. And there are already eight Bucky movies slated. I they. Nobody knew if it was going to be him or Bucky that got it because in the comics, both of them pick up the mantle yeah. at some point. I, 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 I think it's going to be the there's... transition, but that's because I didn't. I feel like the way they built the MCU, like passing the mantle of superhero title off to somebody new doesn't really work. Like in the MCU, it's like he's he's Falcon. Why does he need to become Captain America to be special? He's already freaking special. He's awesome. He's got his cool glider and. He kicks a lot of ass. He shoots missiles. Because now he can integrate Falcon and Captain America together. Yeah. And so like if they continue calling him like Falcon, superpower, like calling him like Falcon America, that'd be cool. Captain or Captain Falcon, which is why I'm glad Bucky didn't get it. Cause like him just being the winter soldier or the lone wolf, I think he's the white wolf now. He's the white wolf now. Yeah. So there's, so on that, that note, I want to, I want to point out the idea of the movies. I don't think Chris Hemsworth is actually done with Thor. I think he really enjoys the role, uh, especially after the first two Thor movies. 
Yeah, I, I don't relaxed of a role, and I think that he's going to end up in. I think he actually how he left with with uh, Guardians. I think he actually is going to become yeah. part of that. Yeah, my I question is: Is he okay. going to be uh, drunk Lard Thor, or is he going to go back to being Buff Thor? I hope he be, he stays as the drunk Thor. Well, maybe not what, one of the plugs or... that got him to go in the first place was the beer on the ship. Exactly. So he's got beer on that ship, though. There, he, he's he like, left no, his kingdom no. in the capable hands of, of the of what's her name, and yeah, and and he's like, no, no, I'm not going. There's beer on the ship. What kind? Yep. <laughs> well, I... So yeah, so I think that's going to end up being something, and then obviously they're going to continue the Captain America story uh, along with obviously Bucky because that was that those have already actually been greenlit like eight of them or some ridiculous number yeah i think that thor is definitely gonna probably go back to like his buff self but he's gonna be part of the guardians uh galaxy now which i will so it'll be interesting to see what they do for the third guardians of the galaxy because i'm not sure where they're gonna go with that exactly but i'm sure they can figure something out they gotta find right. Gotta find Gamora, and it's probably going to introduce Adam Warlock because they had that tie at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy oh, 2. Right. Mm-hmm. And having Thor there to help yep. them fight the Adam Warlock, since it looks like he's going to start out as a bad guy, that might be a good reason why Thor's there, because Thor's one of the few people in the Marvel Universe who could fight Adam Warlock. I think the addition to that is going to be that um, they're going to have Loki back, too. There, there's going to be a serious Thor Guardians of the Galaxy intertwining is what's going to happen. And I think he'll be, I don't think he'll go back to like super buff Thor, but I think he'll be less beer gut Thor. He'll be, you know, big in the, the face and the, the gut. He'll definitely have that beard. I bet <laughs> yeah. he keeps a beard. Oh, yeah. I'm glad his hair grew back out, too. I actually did not care for the short hair on Thor because Thor doesn't have short hair. Yeah, I like the long hair yeah. Thor. Yeah. So. The thing is, like going forward, anybody who was like all of the original people, I don't think any of them are safe at this point. I think part of the reason they're still around is so that Marvel can start killing people off without having to worry about the f- future. So it could be that Thor is going to come back one more time, but it's he's going to come back so that he can do die a heroic death of some sort in a different movie. Maybe. I think... I think that's I think one of the ways that Kevin Feige's thinking ahead is I can't kill off all of them in the same movie. So in order to like up the well, stakes in future though. movies, well, he could have, but a lot of people were expecting a lot more than one person to die. Yeah. And he could have, and three people died by the way, but I'm talking of the very main cast. Uh, in that case, I know black widow was three people died. Of the main cast. <laughs> Who was the other one? Vision, Black Widow, and oh, but I'm Iron not, Man, no, Vision which died all in the last three movie. came from Iron Man. But Vision died in the last movie. But he's still dead. Like he's still yeah. Like well, you were talking dead. about killing them all off in one film. So well, Vision was already off. gone. In that case, it's Black Widow and Iron Man. Which again, all of the permanent deaths from this sequence came from Iron Man. Ah, uh, but do you remember we had an argument about Gamora not really being dead? I told you they were going to bring her back. But she is really dead. This is time travel shenanigans, and it doesn't count. <laughs> oh my god! You and your shenanigans. Damn small writing. 
Um, what was the other oh, shoot? There was another point I really wanted to cover too. Um, I just wanted to give a shout out to Ant Man. Like that was the hilarious spot in the movie was where he's at the front gate. Like, hey, hey guys, remember me? I was the big guy <laughs> at the airport. We we met at the airport. I was I was big. I was much bigger. And he did pull the integral role off. Like uh, he was like like everybody was kind of guessing is that he was going to be very very important part of the role uh, or of the fight and uh, his his movies actually uh, an integral part of the story you actually in order to completely understand the Ant-Man, Ant-Man situation you actually do have to go watch those movies yeah I'm glad I went and watched those before yeah. I watched it so I was all caught up on that <laughs> yeah it's uh, I just it was it was overall really good I really enjoyed it and there is this thing that's not at me that I want to say, but I can't remember what it was. I just know that it was there. Sorry, I took that from you. No, it's it's fine. We went off on a tangent anyway. Oh, I remember now. Right there at the end, uh, when Iron Man makes his big sacrifice, everybody else that I've talked to so far has been like, oh, yeah, that was so awesome. Thanos deserved what, his ultimate end of being dusted. And yeah. And one my major problem with this movie is the time travel shenanigans and all of the loopholes that were left. Which we I, always knew was going to be an issue. Yeah, especially with me, because I, I have this problem with time travel. And mm-hmm. it, this one especially pisses me off because it was simple to fix. And that was when Tony snapped his finger instead of him killing everyone. And this would have made the difference between Tony and Thanos very much apparent. Instead of Tony like getting payback and dusting everything... If he would have like snapped his finger and just sent everybody back to the time period they belonged and wiped Thanos's memory so he didn't remember that all of this happened and he doesn't know he's going to lose in the end, I think that that would have been the actual perfect way. Like Tony sacrifices himself, restores the timeline the way it's supposed to be, and then after that Steve can voluntarily like tell um professor hulk in confidence like hey send me back in time i'm done with this and then we're done and well now who's to, who's to say that when they all dusted that that's not what happened i mean it never shows it but, but it, it's, it's a possibility it's implied just that out. iron man uh, well, you're, implied, going way too, it, you're going way too deep for that when they're raven that they're not going to write that you can say it maybe in a future movie. That's what they'll say is, oh, yeah, everything just they all went back to where they were. But the way that it was visually done was to imply that Tony got his revenge. by dusting everything Thanos cared about in front of him. And that to me, that just puts Tony on the same pedestal as Thanos instead of having because like they were always opposites of each other that's part of the reason thanos hated him was because as he's watched tony tony is the same visionary as he was but he was too optimistic actually do you want to know what would have been even better punishment for thanos is if tony dusted his entire army and then because apparently the, the gauntlet, off. no you know apparently the gauntlet is some kind of a uh, a wish wish make grantor type thing um so he could have yeah, at that it's point like the then, Dragon Balls. then turned him down into then taken as as Thor dusts away, he actually just turns into like this this like total soy boy type thing. And so he gets to see everything he was gonna do gone, see the th- sacrifice that Tony made, 
knowing that Tony actually killed himself to stop him. And now he gets to rot in some sort of earthly prison for how long, you know, until whenever it is, he just dies of natural causes. I mean, that would have been a great punishment for someone like Thanos. I mean, it would have been a great punishment, but it wouldn't have sealed that loophole, that that plot hole with the time travel shenanigans. I'm not talking about the plot hole shenanigans. Which, I'm talking about I'm talking about someone getting their comeuppance in a way that he really, really deserved. Yep, he did deserve it. So, so um, there's that. I also didn't like that Thanos's go to was oh, wiping out half of the population isn't going to work. I'm just going to rewrite all of existence. It's like you totally just upended the whole character. He makes no sense now. Like the whole, yep. the whole basis of him was to allow the current existence to survive rebuilding it. What does that solve? And then he didn't get what he wanted. So he pitched a fit like a little girl. That's really what he is. And by the way, Thanos is, he's a coward. Why like, do you say that? Because he can't face the reality of losing. That's just not something he can do. And every time he's on the brink of loss and it's a good loss, he cheats in some fashion or another, you know, and the only counter to that cheat that he did make with, uh, with Wanda was that was honestly Captain Marvel coming in and blowing a ship up, which he was not happy about. No, the look of desperation on his face was great when that all started happening. Like, wait a minute, this isn't right. (laughs) And I was hoping that look was going to stay on his face. I was hoping that the rest of was going to be like him repeatedly trying to win and just not being able to get that upper hand, but they couldn't do that. They had to go to where he even thinks he won before he realizes he didn't win. And I think it would have been better if that entire sequence was of him trying to get that was him just getting more and more desperate until he lost. Mm-hmm. And there was no point where he actually looked like he was even going to win. Yeah. Well, I, the, the last thing I remember I wanted to say was that uh, shortly after Infinity War came out, I predicted that it was going to be Tony and Captain America that died. I had hoped it wouldn't be Captain America, but I knew either way his character was gone. I knew there was not going to be a Steve Rogers anymore. So I'm going to go ahead and say that I was 75% right because Rogers did semi-commit uh, commit suicide. Also, Chris... Evans hasn't ruled out doing cameos, so he still might show up in future movies. Yeah, yeah, which I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised at, but I, I just was really happy because a lot of people were saying that this, that, the other person are going to die. And I said, no, the, the ones that are going to die are the ones you care about the most. And Tony was definitely one and Captain America was the other. They were the two big ones. I mean, come on, Civil War was based on those there, those two clashing against each other and people were pitted against each other in the fan base of who was right and who was wrong. Yeah. So I called that one. I was glad I did. Like I said, I, I think I was mostly right just because he disappeared, went back in time to live a life instead of just outright dying. I think with that, we're, we've all run out of stuff to say. Any Jero, you done? You got anything else you want to say about it? Um, I'd say we just end with the review again. I thought it was a fantastic movie. It was well done. Um, great cinematography, great special effects, great sound effects. I mean, it was it was all around just a really good movie. Yeah, there are timeline spoiler or uh, time travel spoilers, but anytime you introduce time travel, I don't care what it is. Even my favorite being Star Trek has so many time loops and time holes in it drives me nuts that I I can largely look beyond the plot holes 
Uh, I just have a hard time. I just really wish people wouldn't keep going, falling back on time travel to fix a situation. I do like that with that, they also made fun of the whole time travel idea as well. Are you basing this entire idea off of Back yeah. to the Future? No, no, no I'm not doing that. Was that was so funny. <laughs> wait, wait you, you, you mean Back to the Future is complete crap? <laughs> I like the Bill and Ted drop. They, oh, I loved yeah. all, I, pretty much all of those drops were really good. Yeah. All right, so Raven, your last final thoughts. Final thoughts. The whole universe, the whole MCU is worth seeing. At any time, it's it's great. Um, there should be more crossovers that haven't came yet, uh, like the whole X Men, um, Marvel universe at large. I want to see that uh, in the future. But uh, Endgame, great movie. Uh, again, well done. Um, does not feel like three hours. All right, Scotty. Yeah, I thought it was excellent. I felt like they did a really good job of covering um, a lot of a lot of ground to kind of tie things up. Um, I definitely am kind of concerned about like how time travels predict or is it the depicted is the right word? Yeah, because it's it's one of those things that you know, like we've talked about, you know. Usually when you start messing with time travel, you kind of screw things up for the rest of the story or the timeline's going to be screwed up no matter what you do. So, but outside of that, like I felt like everything was well executed. I'm glad that everybody just kind of came up on the same level. Like seeing Ant-Man there actually made me really happy that he came in at that point. Cause I'm just like, Hey, you should all be friends and working for the same goal. And I'm glad that it actually turned out that way. And I'll have to agree that it definitely didn't feel like three hours, maybe two. Like, I don't know. But yeah, I'm I'm good with it. Cool. What do you got, DJ? All right. So my final thoughts on it are um, they definitely didn't feel like three hours. It felt like I was chilling out in the quantum realm for like 30 minutes and three hours happened to pass by at the same time. The time travel part of it, I even though in my own personal writings, I do use time travel. I hate time travel. And I hate that they introduced it into the MCU because now that's there. And going forward, they have to keep in account that time travel is possible in this world. Um, I don't like that. But the movie itself was really good. They had a few major hiccups that I think that they could have just changed small things and completely fixed the entire hiccup. But overall, good movie. All righty. Well, you guys, uh, I guess that wraps it up for us. Remember to uh, like, rate, review. I can uh, I can walk you through a pretty easy step. Um, you just give us a thumbs up, five stars, 20 out of 20 stars, whatever. Uh, leave us a review. Just say greatest podcast ever. And uh, that's all you got to do. You don't even have to think about it. So with that, we, I guess, are going to call it. All right. You guys have a good one. And yep. we'll see you next time. Yep. Stay cool, dudes. Stay cool, man. Catch you on the flip side. All righty. And this is J-Row signing off. Everybody stay fresh, cheese bags.